Hej och välkommen till Sounding Out Horsham. Jag heter Anna. Jag heter Emma. <laughs> What on earth was that, you might wonder? Well, uh, if you didn't guess already, that was Swedish, Anna's native tongue. And the reason we welcome you in Swedish is because today's guest is René Fay, who's opened the Swedish café Johansson's Café on the Bishopric in Horsham. René first arrived in Horsham from a small town in Sweden in 2000, but she actually waited 20 years before making her dream of opening a café come true. But René was not sitting around doing nothing for all that time. She was a cabin crew for many years and she's also run her own bed and breakfast in Austria for eight years together with her husband. Then after starting a family, the couple decided to head back to Horsham uh, where René started her search for a cafe. Um, She definitely has a very interesting career history and evidently has a real talent for hospitality. I think if you've ever been into Johansson's Cafe, um, you'll have been given a really warm welcome as well as some really good food and drink. But what is perhaps even more impressive is that she actually opened just as the first Covid lockdown hit early 2020. Yes, she opened with lots of challenges, but let's not delay. Let's let's bring René in so she can tell the story herself. Thanks for joining us here at Sounding Out Caution, René. Normally, I would probably say, Hey, René, hur är det med hey! Because... We're both Swedish, and that's actually one reason why we're so happy to talk to you. We've been wanting to to do an episode about someone starting their own business for quite some time, and the fact that we're both Swedish made me think that, oh, it would be so nice to hear your story. Yeah. So here we are. Um, What led you to open Johansson's Café? Well, I just always wanted a café, so I just thought, well, I've got to do it, you know. Sometimes you just got to go for things. And uh, I've been talking about it for so many years. And my husband finally said to me, he said, I'm so fed up with you just talking about it. Just do something about it. So I thought, well, I'm going to do something then. And actually, it was my birthday, 2019, I think it was, when I actually, 13th, I was born Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. So it was Friday the 13th of September, 2019, when he said to me, René, this is the year, just go for it. <laughs> yeah. And then um, he said, the first thing you should do is just go around and look for premises so you get an idea, you know, how how much things are. You know, I had absolutely no idea mm. how much business, you know, how rents, you know, I didn't, I knew nothing. So um, I just started looking for, for places and I viewed about three. Yeah. And... Um, When I found this place, it was perfect. Um, it was sort of in good condition because mm-hmm. some of the places I looked at, they need a lot of work. But when I found this in this location, I thought, yeah, yeah, good. What was like it about it. the location? What clinched the deal? Of, it know, was it? sort of not too big, but not too small. But I thought, as my first sort of venture into this, I thought I I'd, I can't have a place that I have to have like 20 staff, you know, to look after. I want yeah. to start with very few of us and just build up and this place just had a good feel to it a lot of people were saying to me oh it's on the wrong side of town because it's not a you know carfax way but i just like this place um and the previous well two before me had done lots of work i I repainted redecorated before opening but i didn't actually have to do 
much other things to it, apart from sort of the kitchen, mm. which I had to sort of um, fit out a bit with equipment. Yeah. I can't even remember what was there before. It's always been a cafe. It was a kind of very was, typically English cafe, wasn't it? That was a merry thought. They used to be next door. Oh. There was a, a um, the, the one that did it, it was called Lottie's Fair. She did it really well. She put in the, the wooden, the, the whole counter, the panelling. She redid the whole thing. And she was really popular. And people that come in to me still talk about her oh. and how they loved going there. But then I don't know why she closed. And uh, it was empty for a little bit. Then another company took it over, opened more of a... It was more of a chain feel to the place. And okay. I don't think that was that successful. So then they closed. And then me. So for anyone who hasn't yet visited, it feels it feels very inviting and cosy. But um, maybe you can describe your your offering, kind of what what it looks like. If you if for those who so, haven't yet been, yeah, what it looks yeah, like, yeah. What you no, I, I wanted to create this comfortable, cosy place. I didn't want anything to sort of shiny and glossy, and I wanted to feel more like a, a lived-in space. So I've gone for mismatched chairs, you know. I picked, I mean, I love upcycling and doing things. So most of my, well, I'd say all, um, came from sort of junk shops, eBay, Marketplace. Uh, and then I just repainted a few things. I brought things from my house um, down there as well. And um, I had, we, we did have a lot of things at home because uh, previously we used to have a, uh, we had a bed and breakfast in Austria for eight years. It was a very, very big house and when we left we had so much stuff and some of that I put into the cafe. We're definitely going to come back to your yeah. bed and breakfast adventure later, but I just wanted to say, as a Swede, your cafe, yeah. it feels like it could be anywhere in Sweden. It's it's like a typical Swedish cafe. Yeah, so you really you. managed to, to create that ambience, I think. Thank you. Yes, that's that's really what I wanted. And actually, if I had, if I could change anything to make it even more typically Swedish, it would probably be to have more rooms. Okay. You know, in, in Sweden, sometimes you have these cafes where you have sort of the main area but then you have a couple of sort of different rooms that you go into yeah. and, and I, I love those sort of old cafes so you just sort of I don't know walk up the stairs and you can sit up there yeah. in like a comfy sofa or something or you can it, that sort of feels so that's that's the only thing I probably would change mm. yeah talking about typically Swedish uh-huh. um, food we haven't covered yeah. food yet food. and, yeah. and food and drink yeah. which is what you, uh, <laughs> what, you what you serve <laughs> I mean, I love learning about food from different cultures. What are some typical Swedish dishes? And do you, do you serve them in Johansson's? We do. I mean, all the cakes, um, I would say, you know, I bake the cakes and the buns. Um, so, and they're all from Swedish recipes. So I've used some of my mother's recipes. Um, and, um, you know, I just find things on the internet and... You know, I have actually a cookbook from when I went to school. Um, you know, oh yeah, you know, Hempkin's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still got uh, that cookbook that is falling to pieces, and I, I still use that book. And I look, even if I don't, if I just have the the outline of something, I just sort of changed a little bit. But yeah, 
And, and food-wise, yeah. food-wise, I mean, I'm a bit limited to what I can serve because I don't have a fully, I don't have a full restaurant kitchen. Right. So it's a, it's, it's a, for a cafe, it's not a bad-sized kitchen, I've heard. And I've, when I saw the other places, I, I can see it's not a bad-sized kitchen, but I can't sort of start doing full meals. I just don't have the space. Um, so, yeah. I know that the Brits have this kind of perception that Swedish food is meatballs and pickled herring. They're quite right. There must be lots more. And I know, I've, I mean, I tried the cinnamon buns you yeah. serve and they are delicious. Thank you. What um, would you say the stereotypes are? are um, I'm sure there's a lot more to Swedish cuisine. Yes. I mean, I, I think in general, if you talk about cakes and things like that, they are maybe in general not as sweet, would you say, as... British, or we don't tend to use icing. Yeah, in so the that's with cakes. Yeah. I think, because well, we were just talking about this before, about yeah. this dish, the yeah. famous Swedish notion. Yes. Yeah. Every workplace, every school. Yeah. But when it comes to the actual cakes and biscuits, there is yeah. this old tradition where you used to, you were expected to serve seven kinds of biscuits. Yes. Like yes. when my grandmother or great-grandmother, yes. whatever, when they were young. And they would be quite dry biscuits yeah. but quite similar to okay. English shortbread yeah. but maybe with like chocolate flavour or yeah. some hazelnuts or yeah. something what and it was all home homemade I would yeah. say yeah most and uh, do you know where that comes from that seven no. or why it's meant to be seven no apparently it's meant to be seven because anything more than seven varieties is seen a bit you know too much and you're showing <laughs> off and it's, it's and anything less then you're not quite wow. good enough so it's meant oh. to be seven Yes. Seven is a huge amount, isn't it's it? A, yeah. Even if it's yeah. the same kind of core yeah. ingredient and you know the choice. So, so that's a thing, a tradition to have every day. Isn't no, it? not not every not day. Well, every day, but I will say, like when I was young, when my great grandmother was still yeah. alive, she she would serve. I'm not sure if it was seven, but probably yes, my grandmother did. Yeah, but I think nowadays nobody would do no, that. Nowadays nobody days. would, but I would say maybe the difference is when you go to someone's house mm-hmm. in Sweden, it, you you go and you get a cake or something. It's more of a sit down thing. Yeah. Do you find that do you, do you, that's different? Mm. Don't you think? And I'm not saying it in a negative way. Yeah. Because in if I say Although, it in a positive way, I think it's quite nice here in Britain, mm. that you can actually just say to someone, come over for a cup of tea, and you don't have to have that expectation <laughs> of having a cake there. Probably, Probably. yeah, <laughs> although I'm not very good, because I, I never have cake and cream biscuits at home. <laughs> for me, somebody would come over, they yeah. would just get a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've lived in the UK too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you are right, yes. yeah, it's, that's how it is. It is like that, I think. And yeah. so is that something that you, at your cafe, you, mm. you um, do you sort of endorse this idea of fika? Is that something that you feel I, coming through? Well, I just, we, we have it in big letters. Uh, and it's more of the feeling of mm. fika. But fika is sort of a, a relaxing chat. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's just catching up with someone. It's, it's yeah. all kind of part, it, the food is, is just an element of it. It's not yeah. about sitting and eating and drinking. It's about... Uh, no, I, it's taking time out. It's something say, that, I mean, right. we have fika break at every workplace in Sweden. Yes. And, I mean, some people find it like it can be quite disturbing. You're in the middle of work and then, yeah. oh, 
it's 11 o'clock, you have to go fika. <laughs> and then in the afternoon, it's uh, 2.30 or 3, you have to go fika <laughs> again. Twi- it'd be twice a day. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Morning and but afternoon. it's almost, I mean, I've never actually worked properly in Sweden because okay, I left Sweden yeah. when I was 19, so I've yeah. never had a, a real job. I had summer jobs and everything, but mm. but I know but that that happens in, in companies. And that's, or isn't it almost like, it's it's like meeting, having meetings yeah, um, over a cup of coffee. And so I think it's quite often seen, like from abroad, yeah. I think it's often seen as a factor behind the Swedish success in some areas, yeah. because that's when you sit down in a relaxed way yeah. and you have a cup of coffee and a cake and a yeah. biscuit or whatever, yeah. and, and then you talk about things, but in a more friendly yeah. and informal yeah. way. Yeah. That's what is where the being best ideas said. come. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you watch, I mean, you can bring up, um, you know, Scandi um, television series, mm. and it's quite. I, I see that sometimes because I, 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 I love watching those anyway, mm. and uh, especially you know the police, for example. There's one I filmed up in north of Sweden, and when it's fika time, that's where they sit there and they eat the cake <laughs> and they drink the coffee and they discuss, you know, what they're doing, the cases, yeah. and they're going. Yeah, and they I'm just thinking that it, case yeah, 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 over a cup of coffee and a cake. Yeah, and then there's and not only uh, fika, there's also Freda's fika, Freda's fika, which, <laughs> which is on the Friday. <laughs> that's when the princess cake comes out. Yes. Sometimes, yeah, extra and you special. Serve that, right? I do serve princess Describe cake. what princess cake is. Um, princess cake, as when I describe it to someone coming in the cafe, when they say, "Oh, what's that?" I say it's almost like trifle in a cake form mm-hmm. because it's got the sponge, yeah. it's got sort of the um, raspberry jam we put in, and it's got a vanilla custard and then cream and then topped with marzipan green marzipan marzipan, traditionally yes in sweden you find them sometimes pink as well don't you Mm. sometimes but it's normally green marzipan on top but yeah so that's how i would describe it it's quite a soft sponge fluffy sponge and it's uh yeah and is that popular it's uh, very popular yes fridays and saturdays i make that yeah yes Yes. yeah (laughs) i haven't had that at johansson's yet i'll have to Come yeah. and try. Yes. <laughs> but you, well, you opened Johansson's in the beginning of 2020, just as COVID hit. Yes. So, as I said, I, I viewed the, the premises 2019 in September, and then it took actually a year before I actually opened from viewing to get all the paperwork sorted. So actually, it took a year mm. from when I decided this is what I'm going to do to opening. Um, but it also, you know, lockdown happened. It gave me time to do all the things I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky. I have a brilliant landlord, and I, he gave me access to the property I could decorate. If that hadn't happened, I, I would have probably had to wait till October to open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you opened when uh, there was there were still certain restrictions on yes. people going, like households couldn't mix. Yes, exactly. How did that. you cope with that? Oh, it was, you know. It, it was what it was. I mean, it was the same for everyone. We just did what we had to do. Put stickers on the floor, you know, keep yeah. distance. Those stickers mm. are still there because I can't actually get them off. <laughs> Does it feel a bit easier now? Because you started when we had all those added restrictions. Mm-hmm. And I guess for people who'd already been doing that, it must yeah. have been, oh, I've got this on top of money. Yeah. But you started with the I pile s- really high. Exactly, exactly. So in that so. respect, yes, it's, it's sort of got, yeah. It has got easier. I started yeah. it when it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I also must say, I did get, you know, the government stepped in with funding. You know, I'm not going to go into politics or anything. But I must say, I'm very grateful because I actually did get help. And it just enabled me to keep the staff. You know, they were furloughed. And also, I just got enough, 
grants just to be able to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that was great, absolutely great. I'm really glad to hear that because I mm. remember thinking that uh, I saw that you opened yeah. and then I thought, oh my God, just yeah. imagining what it could have been like. Yeah. You finally fulfill your dream yes. and then this hits and it just felt yeah like that could be quite disastrous but yeah. it sounds like it worked out well it, it worked out well it definitely did yeah when um often i see on social media mm. or in the newspapers um when there's news as a new cafe is going to be opening yeah. in horsham um, you get a right mixture of excitement and then there's this criticism as well saying oh another, another cafe. one and yes um I did a bit of a count up of those I know of in Horsham Town Centre, and I think it was about 25, there's possibly more. How do you face that competition? I mean, I, when, whenever I've been yeah. into Johansson's Cafe, it's always been busy. It, I'm lucky. But, like I say, I'm, I'm surprised every day that we are so busy. But also, I'm, I suppose I'm slightly different to the other places. You know, there's no other Swedish one. Yes, <laughs> yeah, very good point. Um, and also, you know, maybe there are too many, I don't know. But if they're busy, you know. It's a yeah. busy, it's the need for them. I mean, and I'd rather see a cafe than an empty space. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, if you think about it, it would be quite depressing if if it was empty spaces there instead. So, what's the yeah. secret to success, though? Because I know you said obviously mm. you're, you're, you stand out. You're you've got a unique proposition, mm-hmm. but you're still it's still a cafe. But what, yeah. what's the secret to success? You know, for someone else who's thinking that they might what, want to, yeah, might want to do it. Cafe, how do yeah, you? I think it's you know, start small and build up and. Um, you know, I have, I think I've kept true to the concept because I, you know, I do have people coming in um, saying, do you do you have scones? Do you have bacon sandwich? And I sort of say, well, no, because I'm trying to keep it. It is, yeah, yeah. It is Swedish. I mean, we, I love a bacon sandwich. I'm not saying I actually love it. <laughs> and I love a scone, but I don't feel it's right for me to serve there. So I've stuck to my thing and it, and it works. And... Maybe that is a secret. I am a little bit different. I yeah. think you mentioned uh, um, that people actually travel quite far. Swedes travel they quite do. far to go to the Swedish cafe. They Swedes do. from, from Swe- further away in the area. Do you know, I have actually customers that travel about three hours on a train to come to me. And they've been back quite a few times. They come from uh, north, you know, up Hertfordshire somewhere. So they have to go through London. Uh, yeah. And they come to, they, they've been quite a few times. And they make it sort of a day trip. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, really. I, I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, actually, is a na- the, where did you get the name Johansson's Cafe? Is that, uh, is that a family yes, name? Yes, um, or Johansson's. Um, so I was thinking, you know, I wanted to call it something Swedish, but it, it, it couldn't be too Swedish, you know, I, I, because I thought then it'd be difficult for people to say. So mm-hmm. we have an extra three letters in our alphabet, so I didn't really want to include them because then it'd be... <laughs> We have at the end, we have or, er, er, which is... Oh. Makes me think of yeah. Daddy Robin's podcast. <laughs> anyway, so, go on. It's, we have uh, two A's with either two dots or, or a, a ring over it. And, so, and we have an, an O with two dots, er. But I sort of didn't want to have that in the name because I thought, oh, difficult to say. And then I wanted to, to have this sort of homely feel to it. Yeah. And I just thought, do you know, my mother's maiden name was Johansson, which is a very common name in Sweden. I mean, uh, the, all the Johansson, Karlsson, Andersson, the young name. Yeah, yeah, you see them everywhere. Um, so I thought, oh, Johansson, yeah, that's a, that's a, quite a sort of nice, yeah, and it's got a connection, yes. so, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks. so that's it. Um, I'm sorry, I just have to... Mm. 
being a linguist, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's because I'm called Jan Marshall. Yes. Starts with H J. It's absolutely impossible. Yes. But so in Swedish, you pronounce J Y. Yeah. Yeah. So Johansson. Yeah. Jan Marshall. Johansson. Yeah. Has nothing to do with anything. No. But On a side note. <laughs> <laughs> but to start a business like yours, it's I think that it's a secret dream that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to people who are thinking about doing what you do? I would. I would just say, you know, if you've really been thinking about it for years and years like I did you you just have to go for it and don't come up with excuses because there's always going to be an excuse but you've got to be prepared for hard work and more hard work and hard work because it is um, on the surface it looks like just a a nice uh, sort of sociable oh yeah I make someone a cup of coffee and give them a cake but you know where is that cake going to come from so you either bake it or you buy it in you know I, I bake mine so there's a lot of work behind the scenes you know and all the other things with running a business that you don't necessarily think about is the bookkeeping and just going to the wholesalers you got to get those sort of things done and when do you do them so yeah. I mean, I'm closed two days a week, and I have a very good husband that goes to the wholesaler for me. Uh, but there's a lot of work behind the scenes as well that you've got to be prepared for. So you never really relax. That's mm. the only it bad thing. Switch off, I think. Yeah. With any, anyone with a hospitality business. Exactly. You you always... you can't you you can't switch off because it's impossible. The only time I switch off is when I actually close for a couple of weeks. And I, I do that for that reason, because I think if you stay open all year round, seven days a week, I mean, I don't know how people do it. You have, um, I know you've got a few staff members. How many mm-hmm. how many people do you have working um, it? It's, it varies. I have sort of between um, between seven and ten uh, normally. It depends. I mean, summer is more busy because I have... Um, I have sort of double the amount of seats outside as I have inside. So winter time I have slightly less staff. Um, so I have sort of three or so that's employed, I say full time or pretty much full time. And then I also have staff that I can call on. And do you so, find it difficult to, because I know um, hospitality yeah. is finding it very difficult, recruiting enough people to work in yes. hospitality. Yes. I mean, it's, it's not, I have a lot of people that want to work for me. Uh, you know, that's I have good. a lot of CVs coming in every week. And, you know, that's, that's great. Keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like good people. All my life, I have worked in customer service related uh, businesses. Mm. And I, I like good customer service. Yeah. That's something that I feel when I go into a place... If I don't get that, I don't go back. Mm. No. no. It's so important, isn't it? I think yeah. it's probably more important than the actual quality of yes. the food and drink, yes. actually. Uh, that it, feeling, it, that warm welcome. It's just as important. Yes. I, I really believe so. I think you're right. Yeah. I have another yeah. question. I've been thinking yeah. about it for a while, yeah. but the ski lifts you have outside. Yes, yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> right, so the so ski funny. lifts, uh, the gondolas, they mm. are from uh, the Alps. They are from Courchevel. My husband has a business. Um, he buys in systems of retired uh, ski lifts and gondolas, and he sells them all over the world, actually. I chose to have them uh, because it's extra seating. And yeah. it's also a very, you know, people see them and they think, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, it's a very, yeah. very creative, yeah. way of, creative way of creating extra seating, yes. what it's called, because I thought you also had reindeer... Uh, pelts yes. inside. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. It makes such sense, really, when you mm. think about it. 
yeah, to and, have them. And it's an eye-catching um, when you walk past. You, yeah. you see that if you might not necessarily look at the cafe, but you yes. see that and, think, see, and then it's exactly it okay. so. Yeah. So what, what's the biggest challenge you've you faced? Running a cafe. Uh, the biggest challenge, um, the biggest challenge, the hardest thing, I would say, I like I said, I'm very lucky with staff, but that is probably biggest sort of headache, really. Like I say, I'm very lucky, and I love the people that work for me. But every morning, you know, I could have someone calling sick, yeah. and you know, you got to cover them, and that is, yeah. I say staff. Staff. All right. I don't think yeah. You're alone in that. I speak to lots of. Yeah. I was Bizality, yeah. owners of businesses, and um, I think staffing yeah. is the biggest, the biggest issue for everyone. I think at the moment, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. actually not just in hospitality, and yeah, that's yeah, and managing, you know, staff. I'm, I'm more of a team person. We work as a team. I don't go and direct anyone to do this and that. But sometimes it's not easy then to point out if something's not mm. working. Yeah, if you're too friendly. Mm. Um, and what's been the most rewarding thing? Uh, rewarding? It, well, every day. It's reward. Every day I wake up and I think, actually, every day when I wake up and I'm a bit tired, <laughs> and it's sort of six o'clock in the morning and the alarm goes off, and then my lovely husband goes to me, Renee, you're living your dream. <laughs> Oh, and then, no way, I could just kill him. But um, no, I uh, yeah, I actually feel like that still. Oh, oh that's you know, good. I do really. <laughs> but it's you. You're not afraid of taking on new challenges. No. You have. You said you've cycled from Sweden to Southern uh, Europe somewhere. Yes. Yeah. You ran a bed and breakfast in Austria. Tell us about those just, things. Just quickly. Well, the, the cycling, uh, like I said, I left Sweden when I was 19 after finishing uh, gymnasiet. Mm -hmm. It's called in, in Sweden, what would you say, college? I a guess. Sort of college. Yeah, college, yeah. Yeah, before you go to university. You're 18 when you finish. Yeah, so you, so you get the equivalent of A-levels. So I did a three-year business economics course which at the time was a completely wrong decision. I'm sort of happy I did it now, but at the time I wasn't interested at all. Yeah. <laughs> all I wanted to do was travel, and I loved languages, and I, I loved social issues and study, you know, yeah. that type of thing. I, I wasn't interested in learning how to run a business. So anyway, I did this course, and then I thought, no, I'm going to travel. So I set off on a uh, postman's bike. I got sponsored by the local postman, uh, post office. And it was a big, sturdy, yellow, because yeah. post bikes are yellow in Sweden. It weighed a ton. It had three gears. And um, I set off on this bike from Gothenburg. I got, yeah. a, a, <laughs> I got a ride on a, on a sort of a ferry over to uh, Belgium. And that's where I started, in Ghent, yeah. in Belgium. Yeah. And then I started cycling. I had on the back, I had my guitar, and I can't really play the guitar, but I thought I could. And I thought if I run out of money, I can busk. Uh, so that's the reason why the guitar was on the back. I had a big Swedish flag on. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I started cycling, and I went through Belgium, and then I went into France, and I did sort of half of France. And then um, my knee just got so sore. It was like a football, because I hadn't really. I mean, in Sweden, I cycled every day to school. I cycle. We, yeah. I use my bicycle as transport. Sweet, we? Yes, we do. Like we, we sort of tend to use it as transport yeah. rather than yeah. a thing that you go just out for a cycle yeah. ride. Yeah. 
I use my bike every day just to go down to the bus stop to go to school. Yeah, or, me too. Or just go down to buy some milk or cycle down to the lake to have a swim. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's transport yeah. rather than just going for a ride. But anyway, so I, I sort of had general fitness, but I hadn't cycled <laughs> for days on end, sort of 50 mm, kilometres a day. distances. Yeah. So um, my, my knee got on my football, so... I stopped that, and my actually my bike. If anyone is in Bordeaux, you might see it there because really? I left it down in Bordeaux. Oh, <laughs> um, shout out for so, Renee's bike. So that that was it, and after that, I sort of um, yeah, sort of travelling the world, and I, I moved to Australia for a couple of years, and then I ended up in Scotland. I then moved to England. I met my husband here in Horsham. We just decided, we're talking about Austria. Yeah. Um, we decided, hey, why not live there? Beautiful country, you know, like skiing, like love skiing, um, the outdoors. And um, we sort of met and we said, yeah, let's move there. We both had jobs uh, that we could sort of commute back for. Property prices are just ridiculous, ridiculously low compared to the UK, or, mm. or they were at the time. Yeah. So it just made sense. So we, we bought a house there in the mountains, commuted back for work, and then... Um, we got a bit sort of tired of doing that, and I, I also had two children in Austria, and we thought, well, let's do something different then. So we converted the house into a bed and breakfast. Wow. So we ran it for eight years. It, it was fantastic. I, I absolutely loved it. The only thing was, when you have a bed and breakfast, you always have people in your house. That's what we found a struggle in the end. Mm. Especially when you have young children, yeah, you know, newborn, newborn baby wow. screaming. That's and you a job in itself, looking yes, after a baby, yeah. and then exactly. So, in the end, after eight years, we decided to come back. So we came back. So you've. <laughs> it sounds like you're. You've just grasped life and just gone with gone with things. Well, I always think, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Do you mm. know what is yeah. the worst again? Okay, so death is the worst. That can happen to any person. Yeah. If you're not going to die from something, why, you know, what's what's there to lose, really? Yeah. I don't. I never. I don't come from money. You know, it, I grew up in a single parent household. We never had money, so we didn't have any money to lose. So yeah. I, I think maybe that's where my attitude comes from. You know, if you have enough to survive and start something, what's the worst that can happen? Hmm. Really good philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Thank you so much, Renee. It's been so good to see you. Tack så mycket. Tack så mycket. No, it's been very nice. Thank you for, for having me. And if you haven't yeah. been, you can find you, you're at number seven bishopric. Bishopric. Oh, the bottom of the bishopric. Huge tree. That's where I am. Amazing. Yeah. Please come and see us. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time to, to tell us all about your realising your dream. Yeah. And we'll anyone that wants to do it, just do it. You know, what are you waiting for? Life is short. Live your dream. Like my husband says, every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sounding Out Horsham. We are so thankful for all the feedback we've had. And to those of you who keep listening and who subscribe, you make it worthwhile. Yes, and now we want to ask you something. If you enjoy our podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could spread the word and tell other people all about it or by liking us on social media and sharing our posts. 
We've met so many fascinating individuals since we started Sadly Out Horsham and we'd love it if more people in the community could hear their stories. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Sounding Out Horsham. And of course, don't hesitate to get in touch. 